0: 9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. It is Penny
1: for your thoughts here this morning. As we uh, come your way here in the middle of the week, it is Wednesday, July 6th. Maybe some rain, maybe not. We'll see. We've got some uh, thunderstorms possible today and tomorrow. Uh, Boy, we could use some for sure. It's good to be with you. And it's hot again, 82 degrees, overcast skies here in Champaign-Urbana. I'm Brian Barnhart, good to have you with us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts this morning with you until 11 o'clock this morning. We've got a busy show as usual. Always flies by, I can tell you that, and goes really fast. We'll have open line here for the first 40 minutes or so. We'll do more open line in the second hour with Jim Dye. He will join me for an open line segment in hour number two at 10 o'clock. In between, I uh, just wanted to touch on the uh, Muhammad Auto Fest is this weekend. I'll be out there. I do some MC work out there uh, with the folks in Muhammad, downtown Muhammad. They'll have 275 plus uh, autos. You know, of all the years, you name it, uh, they'll be out there with the uh, car show. It's been a great event. They've done it now for what is it? I think this is the 13th annual. And uh, the guest this year that'll be featured is uh, Butch Patrick otherwise known as Eddie Munster. From the Munsters, he was in a ton of TV shows uh, as an actor over the years and some movies. I think he had a band as well. And uh, he's going to be in Muhammad this weekend on Sunday. And he's bringing the uh, Munster coach with him, the one from the TV show, I guess, or a replica of it, or whatever the case is, we'll ask him. So that'll be about 940. We'll do that. He's going to call in and uh, visit with us for a few minutes so you can have a chance to uh, visit with him this weekend, and then uh, back to the open line with Jim Dye. Tomorrow we'll do a uh, music show. We did this last year. I believe it was in, I want to say, late April of last year, but uh, got so much response to it. Uh, basically, the the great history of music in Champaign-Urbana, in Champaign County. Uh, if you were around in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, um, there's great bands that have come in. REO the headliner, obviously, one of the headliners, but... There's so many, so many great artists, so many people that were in the uh, music business here locally, and so we'll uh, have another show like that tomorrow, so if you want to uh, be tuning in for that, if you were in that scene or want to talk about it with us, that'll be uh, tomorrow. Jim and Jimmy Bean will be with us here in studio, Paul Faber and Mark Rubel will join us as well, Grant Thompson, Dave Leak, uh, Mike Hale, and we'll do a couple of hours and we'll just talk music tomorrow and the local music scene Tomorrow from 9 to 11. Stephanie Pratt on Friday, Clarissa Nickerson Foreman on Friday. Next week, a summary of the uh, primary election, some important dates for November with uh, Champaign County Clerk Aaron Ammons. Amber Oberheim will be with us in studio next week as well as we head into the middle of July. We will be doing the uh, show in a couple of weeks. See, what's today? A couple of weeks out, uh, we'll be in Indianapolis for a Big Ten Media Day, right near the end of the month. I guess that's three weeks out, right? So we'll do that, uh, do the show from Indianapolis for a Big Ten Media Day. So that's on the horizon. And then pretty soon we'll be into football again. Football camp will be starting. Another shooting last night, West University in Champaign. Champaign police looking for your help uh, in trying to sort through that. Of course, had the uh, shooting there after the fireworks just east of the viaduct on Green Street there at that uh, strip mall, University Center. Mary Schenck with a story on that, and the gentleman who's the landlord there and uh, is in charge of that strip mall, speaking out about the shooting incidents. Up in Gibson City, firefighters able to save a good part of downtown uh, Jay's place up in Gibson City, destroyed by fire. But firefighters able to uh, rally and uh, save a good part of the downtown area. I guess three other businesses damaged. That story in the News Gazette today. Biagi's undergoing a renovation starting in about 10 days or so. I guess July 17th. Seven dead, 30 wounded now in Highland Park. The um, suspect in that case is uh, due to appear in court this morning, we understand. Joe Biden's approval down to 38%. Boris Johnson in trouble in Great Britain, although he says he's not stepping down, but uh, when you start having key cabinet ministers resign, that's a problem. And the Akron shooting, uh, we talked about a little bit yesterday, eight officers on administrative leave for that. And Kofi Coburn, you see him last night playing for the uh, Utah Jazz Summer League team. I think he had, uh, what, seven, nine points, nine rebounds, seven rebounds, I forget the... Exact number. Didn't know if you watched that or what you saw of him, but uh, what you thought he'll he'll be on. Uh, it's usually on NBA TV or ESPN2 or something like that. Usually is where you get those summer league games. Kind of a lull in in sports right now as far as on television, other than baseball. So if you want to check that out, see how Kofi's doing. And Malcolm Hill, I think, is in that summer league. They're doing pretty well. Malcolm's making some decent money. And, uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn's got a $5 million deal with the Lakers. So we got some former Illini floating around there uh, in the NBA or uh, trying to get into the NBA. So how you doing today? Nine We'll do open line here for a little bit. We'll have open line in the uh, second hour with Jim Dye, but uh, Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster in between here on Penny for your thoughts. Blake Land is our producer. We're back with more in a moment. I prayed
2: that the days would last day, wind so fast. Tropical, the island breeze. All of nature wild and free. This
3: is where I go to be. that is La Isla Bonita. And
2: when the sun will play, the sun will set so high. ring
4: through my ears and see my eyes. The Spanish Maradona.
1: 916... On a penny for your thoughts, good to have you with us here this morning. Jim Dye will uh, join me. Coming up here in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, 217 356 MX Electric, if you need some electrical work done, maybe you've had a power outage or two, or something is wrong electrically, or you need a generator to keep everything up and running, our man Max can take care of you. Uh, LED lighting, he can, I mean, any, anything with electricity. Whether you've got a problem or you want to add something or take away something or add a pool or outdoor lighting, whatever the case may be, 217 359 7293. He's a good man, very involved in the community, runs a really good business and very professional. They've been at this for a long time. 217 359 7293, MX Electric. Max, one of those entrepreneur guys that, you know, thought a few years ago, hey, I'm going to start my business. Do it the right way, get people to recommend me, word of mouth, advertise. He's done it all the all the right way. So uh, 217-359-7293, Max Painter at MX Electric. Hey, Brian, Sunday after church, my wife and I went to Culver's up in Princeton. My wife looked at someone and said, hey, I recognize him. I did, too. Brett Belama had been to his parents for their 61st wedding anniversary, was on his way back to Champaign-Urbana. Brett was very gracious, had his wife take my picture, their daughters are so cute, Stephen Princeton says. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> he's a really down-to-earth guy, he really is. Uh, just really enjoyed getting to know him here the last year and a half and working with him for the games and the shows and... Got a great family and uh, met his parents. We were on the uh, tailgate tour up in the Quad Cities. Had a chance to visit with them. And they're just everyday folk like you and me. They raised uh, a good family and a good man in Brett Bielema. So um, anyway, you can check that out. Uh, next time he's around or if he's at some event, make sure you say hello. But he was at Culver's, huh, in Princeton. <laughs> it's pretty Good. Uh nine eighteen hi, Brian was wondering if you know what Kofi earned in n i l money and what he was offered to stay. Thank you, great program our listener says i don't I don't have no idea. I have no idea on the exact number. I mean, some people have said you know was it as high as seven figures? I don't know if it was that high. Uh, I know that it was i think it was at least several hundred thousand dollars. I mean he was doing just just fine. I mean he was one of the headliners for the n i l but I don't have any exact figures uh, depending on where he plays next year. Now, some people, I don't know if these figures are accurate, some people say if he were to play in the G League next year, and he's trying to make the Utah Jazz, of course, he'd probably make 50000 in the G League. If he signs a two-way contract, uh, which I know, I think Malcolm Hill signed last year, he could make at least 400000 If he's on an NBA rookie contract, he could make more than 900000 But he was doing pretty well, as far as financially last year with the NIL, which was, you know, some of the appeal to stay last year. Certainly, um, for him, it was a good deal, and we'll see what happens with other guys or uh, young women going forward when it comes to NIL. Nine nineteen at DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, Betty's with us. How you doing, Betty?
2: I'm doing well, dear. I'm Glad to speak to you. It's been a long, long time. Yes, it has. But I wanted to, I wanted to tell you, that I, I love the way that I get to hear, even though I didn't get to talk too much. I'm very sad for what happened up in Chicago, and I know everybody else in our area is just, uh, um, very, very, hard-hearted about what has happened in the area uh, for anybody but brian you are such a wonderful wonderful person i get to hear you i get to thank the lord for you and most of all thank you for always accepting my life and my way of always being a reach out and love and care for wdwf
1: Well, thank you, Betty. It's so great to hear from you, and I hope you're doing okay. I know it's been a tough few months for you, but...
2: Yes, um, but my beloved is in the eternal world that is beautiful now, Mm -hmm. and I just need to learn that I have all of the friends from WDWS and for all the people of the church, so I get to be the one now that calls out and says you guys have a wonderful day and keep on working the good work.
1: All right. Hey, thank you, Betty. So good to hear from you.
2: You're and I hope to hear from you again soon.
1: Very good. Thank you, Betty. All right. All right. Stay in, stay in touch. All right. There you go. Haven't heard from Betty in a while. We've been communicating a little bit. Um she's uh, lost her uh, lost her spouse uh, here recently and um I know has been through a lot personally, so we've been in contact with her and certainly um, continue to pray and think about her. And uh, so glad that here at DWS, radio is one of those uh, intimate mediums, you know. You get to know the people on the air even though you don't know them. I know that growing up here. All the people I uh, knew growing up, it's pretty cool. All right, uh, 922 at uh, Newstalk 1400, DWS. Uh, So Boris Johnson, a text says, refuses to resign because of serious malfeasance and multiple people in his administration resigning. He's just like Trump. He still has thousands of people who refuse to accept his disgrace and election loss, listener says. Well, Boris got caught up. I don't know about the malfeasance. I don't know the particulars of what you're referring to there, but um, I guess he got caught up in some of uh, the COVID you know saying one thing and doing another when it came to covid restrictions in britain and uh, he's he's an interesting guy for sure his hair is interesting that's for sure 217 <laughs> 3569397 the the deal with boris is though from what i understand he doesn't he just ran or he just uh, passed a no confidence vote So they can't do that for another year. So if they're going to get rid of him, he's going to have to step down himself. 9.23 at DWS. Greg joins us this morning. Hi, Greg.
5: Hi, Brian. Hey, I watched a lot of that coverage of that shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, yesterday. I saw the governor, the uh, vice president were up there talking about that. It was a tragedy in Highland Park, but there was also 50-some people shot in Chicago and 17 or 18 killed over the weekend. And when the governor was on there expressing his uh, his outrage, I'm surprised somebody in the audience, uh, particularly maybe a reporter, would say, well, you know, what's going on in Chicago and what are you guys doing to uh, to try to calm that?
1: Well, you think he would. I mean, how many was it? 60 shot over the weekend? 60 shot, 10 dead.
5: And and last night, they immediately announced six of the victims' names. I I will guarantee you, no one will ever know who those people in Chicago that were killed over the weekend were.
1: So why do you think that is?
5: Well, I don't think Pritzker wants to. uh, Pritzker and the mayor of Chicago, they don't want to address what's going on up there if they did they'd have done something about it a long time ago all they can talk about is is all these illegal guns that are coming in up there well you know it's it's still legal to buy a gun in indiana and it's legal to buy a gun in Illinois if you have the proper credentials and if you can pass the uh the state police void check and i was also amazed last night they knew that question was going to come up at the six or seven o'clock meeting and Brendan Kelly, the head of the Illinois State Police, who administers the Floyd card program, he wasn't he wasn't there. And they kept asking the sheriff of Lake County, his spokesman, and he said, well, I'll have to defer that to the state police. They run that program. Hmm. But uh, And then I'm reading today on a lot of news sites, they're saying, oh, they've missed the red flags. Well, that kid had the police come out to his house. The police decided that he was not a threat when he threatened to kill his family, they wouldn't sign a complaint. Without that, what are you going to do? That's why it didn't show up on his void card application when he finally got around to getting
1: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a lot of blame to go around afterwards, for sure. I mean, well, I, I don't...
5: You uh... know, these social media sites, if you get on some of these, and if you post as a conservative, you, are, you will be immediately blocked using certain keywords. And they can't tell me that Twitter... Uh, youtube facebook they do it all the time they can't block these people i saw some of the videos this guy made i mean this guy was just he was just looking for a place to mm-hmm. to do that he'd you know that was one of his fantasies killing a bunch of people and shooting it out with the police
1: yeah uh, just make i mean i guess people just maybe either they see it or they don't realize it's going on or they don't want to get involved i don't know what it is
5: well a lot a lot of the people that look at that kind of stuff are just as sick as this guy was. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, you have to hunt that t- that type of stuff out on the internet. It's just not, it's not on MSN's homepage or AOL or anybody else's. But I this see. thing in Chicago with these with these guns and this killing, and even in Champaign, there was a guy shot on university last night. Mm-hmm. Said in the News Gazette that a, a SUV, a brown SUV pulled up next to him and started shooting. Are these people randomly shooting people? Was this some kind of gang retaliation? Was this guy targeted? You know, we need to know some facts about that.
1: Yeah, that's what they're and trying they, to. They got to get some help to learn that. That's the problem. If yeah, if nobody comes forward and says, "Hey, I know who did it," well, then what are you going to do? Yeah,
5: but yeah. I, I just find it hard to believe that this was a random shooting.
1: Well, it's probably not. I mean, it's probably somebody they were targeting. I would think. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of it is. What yeah. from what I'm told. From law enforcement. But,
5: but this thing in Highland Park, I was amazed at how fast a citizen saw that car and, and called 911. And within minutes, the police had this guy. I think that's that's amazing. There's license plate readers everywhere. We've got them in Champaign now. But that was the citizen who had gotten the description of that car, saw that guy, and called it in.
1: Yep, That's what it takes. So I
5: think it's great. Yep. That's what it takes. So. Yep. All right, Brian, have a good day. Thank Thank you, you.
1: Greg. You too. Have a good day. 217-356-9397. Musk, Elon Musk, speaking of Twitter, uh, Elon Musk says he jokes that Twitter would have censored Paul Revere, (laughs) criticizes for squashing dissenting opinions. He skewered Twitter leadership with a humorous fake tweet depicting historic American Paul Revere getting fact checked after tweeting the British are coming. <laughs> uh, okay, Susan, how are you? Susan,
3: I'm good. Brian, good. how are you today? I'm doing
1: well, thank you.
3: Um, speaking of citizens being involved, this is kind of good on the back end of that last one. Um, I don't know if I did the right thing the other day or not, and I'm—I've been feeling bad about it ever since. But I was shopping in a very large grocery store in this area, in Champaign. And I went to the middle of the store to get some other things. And there were these two guys. If you can imagine, first I saw this grocery cart with a great big blue tub in it. And the lid was on the tub. And then these two guys came out of two aisles. And they opened the lid real quick and dumped a bunch of stuff in the tub. And I, you know, that was weird, but... They were both dressed in black. One had a a hooded black sweatshirt on with the hood up, but they both had full head masks. All you could see were their eyes. And they both stopped and looked at me, and I was suddenly very afraid. And I just decided to pick up a coffee cup and look at it and act like I was just looking for something, like it didn't bother me at all. But as I got closer to the cash register, I thought, that was weird and I wonder if I don't know what would you have done if you'd have come across something like that I I feel kind of bad
1: yeah so did you notify anybody or you just you were didn't know what to do
3: I I didn't because my husband said Susan you could be shot Hmm. so I didn't know what to do I but I wish I now I had gotten the manager and said just want you to check out that little couple over there you know but yeah I don't,
1: that that's probably. I been, mean that that would have been my, I guess, instinct. But I wasn't in your shoes either, so I mean it'd be easy for me to say that now. But
3: I was so scared. Yeah. I was so scared, and I I just thought it was terrible. Now I wish I'd said something.
1: Yeah. Did you but, see them leave the store with that, or do you know what happened after?
3: No, no. because I was all the way in the back of the store, and so I were see. they. And, and you know there was no one around. Right. So I just, I felt very isolated and I don't know. I just, it wasn't a situation where I could go find somebody cause I couldn't find any people mm-hmm. and I don't know, but I think, I think I'm going to keep my eyes open and next time I see something like that, I'm going to report it.
1: Yeah. I, you know, right. I, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, where you want to be careful cause you don't want to accuse somebody falsely of, right. you know, just doing stuff. But if, you know. Yeah. I guess it doesn't hurt to say to the manager or service desk or something, say, Hey, I I'm just telling you what I saw. You know, what you do with it is up to you but you know yeah. I suppose.
3: So I think I goofed. Oh well
1: yeah. Oh I don't wouldn't feel well, bad about it, but I understand You
3: make <laughs> you make a great counselor, bro. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know about that, but uh I can listen I guess. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I'm gonna keep my eyes open if I ever see anything like that again. I will say
1: something. Well, very good. Thank you, Susan. But
3: I'll, but I'll get out of the way first so I don't get shot.
1: Well, that's right. Don't do not do that.
3: No. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Thank
1: you, or don't have that happen. Uh, 217-356-9397. 932 Our news headlines here, brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Let's do the latest here from CBS here at the bottom of the hour. On a penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS. Good to have you with us here after the bottom of the hour, 935. Butch Patrick coming up here in a few minutes. Expected to call in here and join us. He'll be at the Muhammad Auto Fest this weekend. And then we'll have Jim Dye join us. We'll continue our open line up until 11 o'clock this morning, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Uh, The uh, tweet that Elon Musk uh, appeared to get into the spirit of Independence Day sharing a fake tweet depicting Twitter in 1775 where iconic American historical figure Paul Revere was fact-checked by Twitter for saying the British are coming, the British are coming. The fake tweet depicted a misinformation label reading, learn how British taxes are beneficial for society. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, another Twitter user responded to Musk with a similar fake tweet from Greek philosopher Socrates, who was famously poisoned by the Greek government for criticizing the ruling elite of his own time. The tweet showed Socrates theorizing, I don't know, man, I'm beginning to think that maybe the ruling elite aren't as wise as they claim to be, and featured a similar spoof of a Twitter fact-check alert reading, learn more about how Socrates is corrupting the youth of Athens. (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of fun, back and forth. All right, uh, 217-356-9397 is our uh, number. Uh, John is with us this morning. Hi, John.
4: Hey, good morning, Brian. Well, you know, I, I heard all the statements everything in reference of what happened up there in Highland Park. And I guess what hurts me the most is there a two-year-old baby was killed. And when when you start referencing Highland Park, what's going on in Chicago, that stuff's been going on there for years, just like uh, the border. It's been going on for years. One person is not going to stop it. And what uh, your policy to concentrate on is we've got a crime wave going through here in Champaign, and I'm trying to figure out where is the FBI? It's like uh, with all the stuff going on political, the FBI is not heard of. And, and and they should be behind all this, trying to figure out what the heck is going on, but you can't say uh you know the governor was talking about Highland Park and not chicago i i can't I can't see that reference when these people, innocent people going out just to enjoy the holiday, a baby was killed, but you want to talk about the shooting in Chicago? Let's worry about champagne. let's out Chicago work on their problem, but we need to worry about champagne. And, and, the, and the people that was trying to enjoy the independence and mm-hmm. not bring up Chicago as a reference because everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon. And, you know, that's just like what's going on out here. All these men talking about what women should be doing. I got three beautiful daughters, and I'm going to tell you, God knows I won't get in their relationship, what they're doing. But I'm going to tell you, I'm like Mr. T. If one of them lay a hand on one of my daughters, I pity the fool. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will go to jail. We need to stop this.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, it's got to be stopped somehow. I think what people I think what happens is with media coverage, you get an event, you know, it's the uh, hello, it's the uh it's yeah. the it's the 4th of July parade. I mean, that you would assume that's safe, you know, you could go with your kids, and of course, you're talking about the 2-year-old that were whose parents were killed, and they found the child underneath the dead parents basically. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, you know, that's what that And that hurts. And what, what's happened is the Chicago things are happening every day, every weekend. It almost become you become numb to it. People, it's like, even though we shouldn't, because there's lives, there's kids, there's teenagers, there's families being ripped apart every day in Chicago. And I guess the caller's point was, why aren't the governor and others more focused on that than when they jump in here on a you know on this issue which you know, on this incident which you know seems obviously would be more rare. So
4: it's just so sad that yeah. you know innocent people had to die at the hands of an idiot. And this stuff is, is just it's just going crazy. And like you said, another person got there was a shootout here in Champaign. You can't go nowhere, you can't do nothing. People in the black community, we need to be talking. And that's why I blame the Democrats when they said this um, defund the police they didn't explain what they mean. So mm. Trump got on the bandwagon. Oh, they're trying to get rid of the police. Fox News—they're trying to get rid of police. You don't want to get rid of the police. And like I said, when Officer Oberheim did what he did, if 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 I was a you know out there, I don't blame the police. I would stop that clown too. Mm. I'm just sorry, but this is a a man that got a family, and he was protecting a black mother and her children. Black community need to wake up. We need to start talking. Y'all know who these people are in this gang activity? Innocent people are getting hurt in stupidity. It's sad.
1: Hey, John, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Take care. Very good. Thank you. I had a caller here. Good morning, Brian. Susan should be assured that most large bins, coolers, and other items shoplifters use to steal from stores are open and checked at the checkout, that is, uh, if the employee is not part of the theft. I see it all the time in retail stores. He says, let the store security deal with those folks, and that was the suggestion for Susan. All right, uh, 941 at uh, News Talk 1400, DWS. Muhammad Auto Fest coming up on Sunday. I'll be out there uh, with the microphone doing some roaming around and talking to uh, a lot of folks who's showing their cars, their great uh, classic cars at the Muhammad Auto Fest. 13 years they've been doing this now. And uh, Butch Patrick is going to be there. Actor, of course. Uh, he was in a lot of shows. I'll run through him here in a little bit. But of course, uh, known as uh, Eddie Munster on the, the Munsters, and uh, he's going to be at the show. Is that right, Butch? You're going to be there.
6: I am going to be there. How the heck you doing?
1: <laughs> Good. Good to have you on, Brian Barnhart here. And uh, so, you ever been to Muhammad, Illinois, before?
6: You know, I've crisscrossed the country. I probably have driven through, but I can't, I can't say for sure. But I'm looking forward to being there this weekend.
1: Yeah, so you're going to bring the, uh, the big Munster coach, huh?
6: All 19 feet of her. <laughs> yeah. So how
1: long is this a replica, or how long, how long have you had that?
6: Yeah, the original uh, is in a museum down in Orlando. Uh, this is—I've had it eight years. First of all, yeah, this is actually a better than the original because it's roadworthy and it's on a jack suspension with a big block Chevy, so it's got a lot of power. But yeah, I'm looking forward to visiting the fans. When the Munsters has never been more popular, so I'm very blessed with a lot of a lot of smiling faces that come out and visit.
1: Well, a lot of people that want to come see us, you, so you'll just have it on display there all day, huh?
6: Well, if I, unless I take take some folks for some rides or something, oh. but it'll be on display. I'll be there. Uh, uh, I travel with my truck and trailer, so I bring along a lot of Munster merchandise and, and props and this and that, so people that are a fan of the show will have a real, real good treat to come out and uh, see some stuff and take a picture with the car and get a chance to meet me personally.
1: Yeah, so you do a lot of this? Butch, do you go around and do this a lot?
6: I do. I'm kind of a gearhead. I'm a <laughs> member of a car club called Dead Man's Curve, and when I Got this coach and my Dragula, and I also have an Eddie uh, motorcycle chopper. I found a very cool Americana niche. I like the road, I like people, and I like uh, hot Rod. So the three of them got together, and uh, I keep very busy. Yeah,
1: Butch Patrick is with us, of course, uh, aka Eddie Munster. He's in a lot. You were in a lot of shows, Eddie or Butch. I was looking at uh, all the different shows you were in. I mean, uh, two episodes here. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at the list here. I mean, it's like Adam Twelve. Uh, Daniel Boone, Family Affair, The Monkeys, I Dream of Genie, Gunsmoke, Mister Ed, General Hospital, My Three Sons, Good, you name it, you were on it, somewhere. Yeah, I
6: did. I had a run from 1960 to 1974 for a 14-year run. I uh, worked with some great people and was on some very iconic shows. And uh, and I loved, you know, I I got to do a lot of westerns, which I really enjoyed because normally you know you'd be outside and you'd get dirty and ride a horse and. I was lucky enough to work with Clint Eastwood, and the Rawhide was one of my favorites.
1: Now, you work with some real names here. Uh, Eddie Albert, Jane Wyatt, Burt yeah. Lancaster, all those folks. Judy Garland. What was that like?
6: Yeah, yeah, it was great. And don't forget, I did a year of the real McCoys with Walter Brennan, three-time Oscar winner, and Richard, a very young Richard Crenna. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, are these people all as good as they appear on TV?
6: Yeah, they're, they're, it's really... Uh, you know You hear a lot of horror stories about the industry, but honestly... I had a very good experience, and the people that I met and worked with were always very pleasant and very kind. So for me, it was wonderful. And you know, I'm sure some other experiences are legitimate, and some people had some bad times. But for me, I I have nothing but fond memories of the folks.
1: Butch Patrick will be at the Muhammad Auto Fest? They'll start registering the vehicles at uh, nine o'clock. Uh, they'll uh, go until three or so. They'll have the uh, cruise through a lake of the woods, which will be uh, is always very cool. Forty five trophies. They got a lot of categories. Be handing out awards all day. It's a great car show. Two hundred seventy-five plus uh, classic vehicles in historic downtown Muhammad and uh, Butch Patrick will be there with the uh, with the uh, Munster coach. So, are you are you still amazed at how many people know the Munsters? I mean, we're going back a few years here, but it is pretty amazing, isn't it?
6: Here's the best part about it: is I'm amazed at the ten or eleven, twelve year old kids that come to the table with their parents or their grandparents. Who have been watching the show with their uh, with the with the older folks in the household, and they love it. They get they're introduced to it, they enjoy it, and then the fact that Rob Zombie is making a brand new Munsters movie after 20 years of working with Universal to get it right. I've seen footage of it; it's very exciting. I'm very excited to be part of it, and uh, another generation of Munster fans is, is is waiting in the wings.
1: Yeah, that's due to come out. Is it coming out soon? Right.
6: They the the word is fall, so I'm okay. guessing after September
1: 22nd. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, what was it like? I mean, how did you get the job? How did you you know? I guess you, you were a child actor. You were discovered. I know your sister had a hand in it too, right?
6: Yeah, I had just uh, I completed the real McCoys and went back to live with my grandmother. Believe it or not, we're talking about Illinois. I went back to live with her in Geneseo, which is a little town above Moline. And um, I spent a year back there in the fifth grade, and then they were casting the movie, uh, the, the Munsters, and they hired a kid, and the networks weren't happy at the final test shoot. They wanted a new mother and a new child. So they brought in me, and they brought in Yvonne DiCarlo. We tested together. I flew to California, lived with my uncle, and wound um, up doing The Munsters, which, believe it or not, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice to have something people remember you for. But I did a lot of work, but The Munsters was kind of right in the middle.
1: Well it was on the show was what, seventy episodes. There wasn't that many episodes, but it seems like it was a lot longer.
6: <laughs> yeah, it was a two year show. Uh a lot of shows back there in the early days, the syndication packaging. They like a hundred episodes, but there are some shows like the Adams Family and Star Trek and Gilligan's Island that kinda of snuck in underneath that uh that target number and the Munsters was one of them and it was um very popular, and I think it had a great little two-year run with black and white, and it looked like uh, Universal Monsters, where the that was the go-to monster studio. So there was a big fan base, and the producers of Leave It to Beaver knew how to write very, you know, family scripts, kids, you know, friendly scripts, and uh, and, and it was kind of like a magical time. So I got very lucky, and I'm still uh, I'm still amazed at how many people love it And <laughs> today. With the way things are in the world, it's nice to have. The level-headed Herman Munster give us words of wisdom at the dinner table every
1: night. Well, there really is. Tell me about Fred Gwynn. What was it like with him? Just a great guy.
6: Really super yeah. talented. Very, um, very kid friendly. You know, I learned a lot of uh, acting from him. Uh, the, some of the shows that when we once we started going, they found out that I could handle a lot of dialogue, and Fred and I had this rapport. And they started writing a lot of father and son scripts, which I would always volunteer him. He would never want to, um, you know, um, disappoint me. So he would do his best, and we uh, we started having a lot of scenes together. And he taught me a lot about acting. And then Al Lewis would play Grandpa, was the over-the-top outgoing one, and loved sports. And so between the two of them, I had a very good experience. And and they, all the adults were nice, but mm-hmm. those two especially.
1: Well, and and so many people. I mean, I remember watching, uh, you know, my cousin Vinny, and it's like, wait a minute, what's Herman Munster doing as a judge? I mean, uh, he he was a really good actor in other areas too, but it was just. Uh, it was it was so uh, branded on your brain with his role as Herman Munster. I mean, it was it was hard to get rid of it.
6: He, he did it too well. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know you you kept in touch for a while. I mean, I know everybody kind of went their separate ways, I guess, when the show was over, but you reconnected, right, with uh, Yvonne, I think, and also Al Lewis.
6: Yeah, when, uh, when MTV came on the air, when, I had a band called Eddie and the Monsters, and we did a rock video, and I was on the West Coast, and Al was on the East Coast, and he was kind enough to do some marketing for me, and then we, re- we reconnected in uh, 1980. And then De uh, DiCarlo was on Vicki Lawrence's show, and Vicki had contacted me and said, would you please be a surprise guest for your TV mom? And I said, of course. And then that's how Yvonne and I reconnected, and Pat Priest then came into the mix as well when we started doing appearances with Grandpa and the Marilyn and myself for the Shriners organization, and everything came full circle about 20 years after uh, I'd last seen him. So yeah. it, was, it was nice.
1: Tell me about your band. That you had,
6: ah, uh, <laughs> I was the original Munster Manili.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> we uh,
6: we were a we were a studio band. We were into rock video production. I actually had a recording career ten years prior to that. After Lidsville, a Saturday morning show that I did for Sid and Marty Croft, Metro Media Records wanted to replace Bobby Sherman, and uh, somehow they wound up uh, you know looking at Lidsville and thought I would be the guy to do it. So I went on the road. I told them I really didn't sing. I wasn't much of a singer. Yeah, don't worry, we'll fix it in the studio and. So here I am on American bandstand with long the Messina and singing my little heart out except it was recorded. <laughs>
1: well it's easy for me to say because i'm i'm not never was a childhood actor, but I know some people have like you know tried to run away from that you know I don't want to go back to that you know i'm i'm but your're health- it seems to me you' pretty healthily embraced it, realized hey it made a nice living for me and and people love you for it as a result, I think.
6: Well, you know, there are two two things real quickly. Number one, the money wasn't really an issue because yeah. we really didn't make a whole lot of money. I, yeah. My stepfather was a pro baseball player. We both made like thirty five thousand a year. It was it was good money back then in the sixties, but it wasn't like over the top. You know, you know, mm-hmm. lavishly living with Rolls Royces and mansions and and you know butlers and maids. It just wasn't that way. But the thing about the Munsters and what I enjoy about it is when you can go somewhere like Mohammed, Illinois. And you go to a table and people come out and everybody's smiling and everybody's got positive energy and everybody's got this family-friendly show that you were part of. I wasn't aware of how much I, how important the Munsters were to the people that were watching the show and the kids growing up, running home from school to watch the reruns. You, you're up, you're, you have an extended family of people all over the country who love meeting you, so you're just in the middle of all this positive energy. Who wouldn't want to be around that?
1: <laughs> Was there any rivalry with, uh, with the Adams family? They were on about the same time, weren't they?
6: Yeah, they were Friday nights. We were Thursday nights. Yeah. Had there been head-to-head competition, maybe, but uh, no. Yeah. it was. Uh, they were a different studio, and they were kind of like a different show anyway, but we com- we sort of complimented each other because whether you like one or the other more, there's a very really good chance you watch this both.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a great show. I enjoyed it uh, so much, all those Thank great you. shows. And, uh, Butch Patrick, you'll be at the Muhammad Auto Fest, so people look for you. You'll be around all day, right? Just hanging out. I'll be our
6: I'll be manning the tables, and I'll be right in front of my coach all day long. Look forward to seeing everybody bring out the family, multi-generations, and we'll ask me those questions that you've always wanted to know.
1: <laughs> very good. Hey, Butch, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you on uh, Sunday.
6: I will see you, Brian. Thank all you. Right.
1: Thank you very much, Butch Patrick. Eddie Munster. How about that? He's going to be a Muhammad Auto Fest Sunday, July 10th. Uh, the registration begins at 9 a.m. It's a uh, free event. You just show up. Uh, it costs to enter your vehicle, obviously, but um, the uh, registration will start at 9 a.m. They'll go all day. I'll be there. If you want to come by and say hello, I'll be at the uh, main tent. you got to get your picture with Eddie Munster, right? Along the way and the uh, Munster coach, all of that. 9.53, back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. He's on our way through a Wednesday here in early July. It is Wednesday, by the way. I know it's get confusing, right, with that holiday on Monday. It just kind of throws you off. But uh, good to be with you. Butch Patrick had him on. Uh, he'll be at the Muhammad Auto Fest coming up on Sunday in downtown Muhammad. Nick Taylor and all the guys out there putting all that together. So enjoy that. Uh, what's the weather look like? Pleasant, plenty of sunshine, 84. Good day to go out to a car show on Sunday. All right, precision painting. If you're indoors and you're looking, maybe you're staying out of the heat, you're looking at your walls going, man, we could use some some new paint. This old wallpaper has been up since the 80s. We need to get rid of it, or whatever the case may be. Popcorn ceilings, remember those? They can help with removal of all of those. They can uh, get make your kitchen look new, completely transform a kitchen by painting them. Find out uh, what precision painting can do for you. And they'll move the furniture for you and move it back when it's done. You don't have to worry about doing all You don't have to do all the prep work for them. They'll do all of that and get it ready, and they'll get it done for you, and they'll do it right. 217-637-6288. 217-637-6288. Or go to the website, yprecision.com. I see uh, Biagi's getting a renovation. That's going to start here pretty soon. They'll be done with that in early August. Uh, I think I read that the, the Biagi's and the Biagi's chain, the store in Champagne, is the oldest of their stores, which I found interesting, just, uh, just up the road from us here in Champagne, So uh, be watching for that. 217 356 Text line at 217 351 Most large stores, the listener says, have store cameras uh, one listener says it's dangerous to call people out these days. Well, yeah, I don't know if you'd want to confront someone uh, that might be dangerous. But if you, I, I don't think it would hurt to, if you suspect that something's up, at least let somebody know. Uh, you know, at the service desk or whatever, and what they do with it, that's up to them. But, um, but no, I don't. I wouldn't go around confronting people. That certainly you don't want to do that. All right, let's get to the weather and the news. WDWs, Champagne, Urbana.
0: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to Talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Hour number
1: two of a penny for your thoughts here on this Wednesday. Good to have you with us. A lot of people back to work here this week after the 4th of July weekend, or maybe they just took the rest of the week off. I don't know. Maybe they did, but uh, we're with you here this morning, 10-13. Getting some sunshine back. Still uh, we got a few drops of rain. That was about it. Uh, we're at 85 degrees Headed for a high of 90. Appreciate Butch Patrick being on with us. Again, he'll be out at the Muhammad Auto Fest on Sunday. Uh, start registering at 9 o'clock. Cars will be in place within a couple of hours. Everything will be there, and then you can show up, and um, you can see all the cars, and you can see all that happens there uh, in Muhammad. All right, uh, so Eddie Munster was with us. Now we go from Eddie Munster to Jim Dye. How, how, that's how about, an interesting how about that? transition, is it? Boy, i
7: got to tell you, I don't know if that's a... Uh, Improvement or not an improvement, but I to <laughs> let people make up their own minds about that. But Eddie Munster, you know, that's the, I'm, this is a first for me, Brian. I'm kind of feeling the pressure. Can I, can I follow up on that? Well, he was good. He's been, he acted with a lot of folks. Judy Garland.
1: Oh, guys Potier. like that,
7: you know, that they spend their entire life in showbiz and they probably got all kinds of talent and, uh, mm-hmm. and they've worked in a zillion different productions and just, you know, that, that whole life is just kind of so, Unimaginable to, to somebody like me who lives, <laughs> who's lived in Champaign for a long right. time. But, uh, well, good for Eddie. I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad to hear he's made a permanent gig out of being Eddie Munster. Yeah. Even though I never really watched the show. So <laughs> I better go back you and, were, uh, you were busy working. Or? Yeah. I probably was still trying to figure out how to get some lawns mowed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am going to have to go back and watch the old videos. Yeah. And, or maybe there, there's actually the comedy channel. Don't they? Oh, right? I'm sure it's
1: on somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Herman Munster, Fred Gwynn. Yeah. You know, the, all of that. So. But I
7: prefer more sophisticated humor, like Mr. Ed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was in that, too. I know he couple was. A couple of that, episodes, that, That's yeah. the
7: one thing that really impressed me. But, yeah. you know, I always had a real fondness for Mr. Ed, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing? Do you have a good fourth? Uh,
7: I was weekend? reasonably yeah. good. You know, yeah. I had a very quiet weekend. Uh, didn't do much. But here, uh, yeah. you know, tan, rested, and ready. Back to work and all yeah. that stuff. Going
1: to the firework shows? or I did
7: not. Yeah. I did not. Mm-hmm. I just kind of. Vegetated at home, and I've been actually been a little binge watching Yellowstone. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know what to think about it because none of the characters in it are very likable. Oh. But, uh, and there's lots of killing, lots of killing. So if you go for that, uh, that's a good thing. Mm. And uh, they're all cowboys and they're all real gruff and taciturn. They say, yep, nope, and that's pretty much the dialogue. And uh, they, that's, the, that's the one with Kevin Costner. Kevin right? Costner, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, anyhow. Hmm. Well, comments
1: here. We got an open line here with uh, Jim Dye two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us. Talk at wdws dot com. I was watching the uh, fireworks show the other night. It's amazing how many other fireworks shows, private or otherwise, are going on at the same time. I'm kind of amazed by that.
7: Well, you know, people just love to hear big noises and, and see things. Blow up in the sky, I guess. I mean, I've outgrown that. I'm, you know, I guess I'm just an old coot now who doesn't uh, who shakes his fist at everything. But uh, um, when I was a kid, I loved fireworks and did all kinds of stuff with that, and uh, it's just lost its uh, appeal to me. I find I find it kind of dull. But I know people like it. I like the Fourth of July. I like the whole the hoopla and all that stuff. So uh, it's a good thing.
1: We'll get into the serious topics here in a moment, but uh, the Big Ten. What what U S C U C L A what?
7: Well uh, now and, I, and, and now maybe I maybe more that the pack uh that was the uh Big Twelve is now going to maybe try to merge with like six of the teams in the Pac twelve. So I don't mm. know, the Pac twelve may be uh A non-entity, of course, maybe the remainder there will go merge with somebody else. You know, this is such an interesting, uh, shift of the landscape here. And it's all driven by, of course, TV money and network contracts. And the Big Ten seems to kind of be in the driver's seat, uh, on that along with the SEC. So, uh, it it ain't like it used to be. So we just have to accept that and go on. The game, the games will still be good, but nothing else is the same.
1: Tim Brando was on last night with Scott, if you uh, want to go back and listen to that, he talked quite a bit in detail about what he thinks is going to happen. with, And he mentioned the Big 12 and the Pac-12 oh, okay, and those teams. And then, uh, you know, you may wind up with, I don't know, three or four super conferences.
7: And and where does uh, that leave the yeah, NCAA in all this? The NCAA is probably done with football. I, mean, <laughs> well, I, don't, I hate the NCAA I mean, <laughs> anyhow, so good for them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, when you grew up with, like, the Big 8, which was permanent, yeah Missouri and Oklahoma and Nebraska and you grew up with the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, and then to just see this thing and of course we saw some you know some signs go back a few years you know with Penn State coming in and mm-hmm. then you had Maryland and Rutgers and and all that so th- it's been there but now it's just exploded because of the uh, the cable TV landscape and the and the uh, the value of live sports programming as opposed to Things that can be, you can zip your way through and skip the ads. Uh, and it's all about TV sets. So I guess we're going to be virtually coast to coast from Rutgers to California, right? That's a long road trip. For that Rutgers. is a long road trip.
1: Yeah, for Rutgers especially.
7: USC you know, uh, and uh, UCLA are real two of the primo uh, sports programs in the country, or at least they have been. So I kind of worry about... When we're keeping company with them, I kind of worry: is only ever going to win another football game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh,
1: you know they're gonna—they got some teams they can beat. So, okay, you know, and uh, I think um, we got the right guy coaching them. So we'll, we do, uh, and we'll see uh, how it goes. But
7: uh, boy, you got to have the players, That's and right. um, yep. y- you know, when you have to climb over that many different teams, and they're all good, it's hard—really mm-hmm. it can hard. be. Yeah,
1: ten nineteen here with uh, Jim Dye. Uh, the shooting up in Highland Park. You know anybody that was up there? Or?
7: Uh, I know uh, Lynn Lynn Sweet by reputation from the mm-hmm. Sun Times. She's a longtime political reporter, and uh, she was there at the at the event.
1: I think Rick Atterbury, who used to be on here, uh, was up
7: there. Uh, the state's attorney of Lake County is a former uh, Catlin boy, who my wife taught in second grade, and. Uh, Beyond that, I don't know, but it's just another one of those unspeakable tragedies that that we have far too many of, and I don't know what the what the solution is because it seems to me this kid is clearly off, and but no, but everybody's saying now, oh, we we didn't suspect a thing. He just seems so normal. Well, you know, I I question that when I look at the kid's picture. Does that look very normal to you? Hmm. Doesn't look normal to me. And uh, they had the business a couple of years ago with his threats to the family and. Nope. The red flag laws uh, seems to me like people miss a lot of red flags, mostly because they can't believe that something as horrible as what occurred would be the result of their encounter with whoever is seems to be a little crazy. And what his father sponsored his FOID card, you know. Come on.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if people are just looking the other way or they're not paying attention. Or they don't want to get involved, I don't know
7: well, the father's certainly you know. involved, but you know yeah. you had the, the you had the father that uh went out and bought the gun for the guy who shot up a um the the waffle house so and that guy was clearly crazy i mean I don't know it's just very very frustrating and extremely sad I mean you hear the stories you know about the the two parents of the who were killed and and the infant and they leave their child behind just because they made the mistake of going to a Fourth of July parade. It's, you know, it's stomach-turning. Uh, John Cass, I know you, you like
1: his work. I've read, uh, I read writes, John Cass
7: pretty regularly.
1: He goes, uh, he's got a column out and says, I can hear the devil laughing. He says, are there any serious doubts that as a culture we've turned our faces from God? We infantilize our young people. We demand the right to kill the innocent unborn. We raise our young in a culture of death. There are elementary school teachers who are regularly depicted on social media as being excited about exploring sexual themes and gender identity with young children. Ours is a culture that fills kids with pharmaceutical drugs to manage their mood swings, a culture that offers them video games to live out their most violent, murderous fantasies. We push our political anxieties and pathologies down the throats of our children, telling young men, for example, that masculinity is toxic. If they happen to be white and male, they're led to believe they're the cause of almost everything that's wrong in the world. The weak ones break. The strong ones go sullen and angry. We subject the young to relentless psychological pressure to satisfy the emptiness of our politics. We don't think of the culture we raise them in. We're our own gods now, and yet we're surprised at the
7: monsters we've created. Well, the boy, there's a lot of glittering generalities in there, but uh, it's also a lot of truth. At the same time, you probably get uh, some severely. Uh, differing opinions on whose fault it all is which of course is what we're in the process of doing right now is you know pointing fingers and saying well it's your fault it's your fault blah 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 but we are a coarse, a coarse and vulgar society and have been getting more and more so for years so I don't know uh, how do you turn a society around that's moving in a certain direction I mean I think certain things once they're out uh, once you open Pandora's box uh, there's no getting it back in
1: and he also goes on to point out that in uh, Chicago over the weekend, 60 shot, 10 dead. Yeah, uh,
7: you know, that's a totally different problem. Uh, you have these mass shootings, that's one thing, and then you have these gang, I guess for lack of a better word, or these individual shooters who just go out and kill people for s- the, even the slightest provocations, which we have here in Champaign, mm-hmm. uh, champaign I I, uh, I I see those as two totally... Separate but very serious problems, and one doesn't have a whole lot to do with the other. But uh, it's ugly and it's dangerous, and it's taking a deadly toll. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, somebody asked, you know, it, it's almost like, it, and this is a simple comparison, but you know, like uh, I always heard the difference between a between continuous and continual. Uh, continuous is a dial tone. Continual is a busy signal. It's like an interrupted. It's like okay. it's like the shootings we get are like the continual where it's just you know you have a pause for a week and then there's another one and then you have this and there's another one whereas the stuff in Chicago just is it's never ending it's like a dial tone it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes yeah
7: and that you're, you know you're absolutely right and as I said those are two separate problems but we have yeah. some the bottom line here is we have some really severely damaged individuals uh some of whom are extremely impulsive and angry and willing to lash out for no reason uh those i would consider to be like the gang the gang shooters and then you have those that are severely mentally ill or have a very perverse view of the world for whatever reason and they're the kind that climb up on rooftops and and start shooting i i personally well i don't know what to say about it all it's Mm. just it's just a unfathomably difficult problem and i I don't have much faith that uh, gun laws uh, however many you want to pass uh, will do anything more than um address the fringes of the problem but uh if somebody's got a solution I'm certainly willing to listen but I don't I think a lot of, there's a lot of rhetoric out there and not too many solutions
1: 1025 visiting with News Gazette columnist uh, Jim Dye. we're back with more here in a moment There you go. The Munster's theme. How about that?
7: I must protest. What's <laughs> your Mr. Ed's theme?
1: <laughs> we can probably find it. A horse is I, a I, horse, I, of, course, I think, of course. I think Blake will work on that. <laughs> yeah, get uh, Mr. Ed. T- t- 1028 <laughs> at DWS. Uh, plan ahead. Busey says uh, be careful with personal information. Lock up your checkbook. Never give personal information. Never pay a fee or taxes to collect sweepstakes or lottery winnings. Never rush into a financial decision. Get to know your banker. Build relationships. Check references and credentials before hiring anyone. You have the right to not be threatened or intimidated. Pay with checks and credit cards instead of cash to keep a paper trail. If you're, uh, if you're a victim of uh, financial abuse, make sure you talk to a trusted family member and talk to your attorney, doctor, your personal Busey banker. Best way to protect yourself from any fraud is to be proactive. Visit Busey.com or stop by any of their convenient locations today. Hi, guys. It's strange how Indiana has legal fireworks sales while cannabis is illegal. Illinois has legal cannabis sales, but fireworks are illegal.
7: <laughs> well, that is, the, that is the example of federalism. Fifty separate states can pass their own rules, and, and they do. So I've heard some people say that uh, Illinois should uh, legalize fireworks, and that would in, enhance our revenue by a smidgen, but... uh I'm out of that game, so I don't care anymore about fireworks. (laughs) There was a time when I might have uh, worked up a real opinion about it.
1: All right. Hi, guys. I'm looking into the Champaign County clerk race. I found someone on Twitter that seems to be the Republican candidate, Terrence Stuber. Uh, It's possible this is just a fake or parody account, but I doubt it, this listener says. On October 9th, 2020, while commenting on LGBT people, Mr. Stuber said, Loving my neighbor doesn't mean I have to agree with their life choices. He has several other tweets that seemed to suggest he doesn't believe gay people should have equal rights. The Champaign County clerk issues marriage certificates. Do you know whether Terrence Stuber is committed to issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples if elected?
7: Uh, Well, if if, uh, whoever is the clerk is committed by law to carry out statutory duties so that he will do what the law requires, whatever his personal uh, (coughs) opinion is, because that is his job, and there have been cases where Particularly in Kentucky, where some clerks uh, decided they were not obligated by uh, to perform the duties required by statute, and they found found out quickly that they weren't going to get away with that. So there will be no problem issuing marriage licenses to people who want to be married.
1: And uh, Terrence Stuber is the Republican uh, candidate will be running against Aaron Ammons here in
7: the uh, in the fall. So. Uh, yes, that's, yes, that is correct. And so. as far as the what the the, uh, the what his tweet? Uh, I don't have. What was it, I don't have to love my neighbor, or I don't have to? I
1: don't. Ha- I can. I don't have to agree with their life choices. I yeah, can, well, I can love my neighbor. Sure. What's and the?
7: Me. You know, we we all agree and disagree about different things, and if if, uh, if that's as far as it goes, that's fine. Two one seven three five
1: six nine three nine seven text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at WDWS.com. dot com. I don't know if we've had you on since the primary, have we, or did we?
7: no we have not uh, we have yeah. not and uh, most interesting primary I yeah. uh, one I think that the Republicans really shot themselves of course Democrats don't have any problems uh, on their side uh, but uh, because they have all incumbents and they're pretty much agreement on everything except for the Secretary of State's race but the but the Republicans uh, had a very uh, competitive primary for governor and well and Secretary of State there was competition and attorney general, and, uh, I think they made choices in those races. not the secretary of state, but they made choices in the other two races. I think that are going to come home to haunt them in, uh, in November. But, uh, you know, uh, this is a democratic state. So that's not a great surprise that the Republic is going to have a hard time winning in November. Yeah.
1: Darren Bailey, you see any path? I, I really don't. Uh, win?
7: I, I don't. I think he, he appeals, uh, to a very narrow, um, constituency it's really the enthusiasm for him among those people is extremely high i think he's going to have a hard time attracting independence of course democrats will no democrats will support the guy uh, plus he's facing uh, a guy with unlimited money who's uh who's an incumbent so i i just i don't see it now this is an odd year politically and and there seems to be a lot of really kind of Strange things going on with the electorate. But I, in a state as democratic as Illinois, I don't see that having a big impact in mm-hmm. Illinois, except maybe in some legislative, possibly congressional races.
1: I don't know if I'm surprised Mary Miller won, uh, just surprised by the margin. Uh, yeah, I
7: thought that uh, as the, we got towards the end of the campaign, I thought Rodney was showing some real signs of concern and that in his advertising, and that made me think that uh, he thought he was in trouble. And so I as a consequence of that I thought he was in trouble I didn't realize how much trouble he was in um now Mary Miller is another one of those really rabid um uh, conservatives who's not really interested too much in governing I mean I think she's more of a philosophical conservative she's standing uh, uh, she thinks she's standing uh in the in the path of uh unsavory liberalism and yelling stop and I think that's about as far as uh, her politics go. However, she is in a district. I mean, you got to remember that the Democrats do this district to elect a Republican. I mean, they they pretty much locked every Republican in the state um, in the in uh, the bottom two counties. Uh, one with uh, Mike Boston, and and where he's the incumbent, and the second with Miller and Rodney. Of course, they weren't thrown together, uh, but uh, Mary Miller moved into Rodney's district, and of course, they gerrymandered the little sliver of of the district for, uh, Budzinski, Budinsky, you know, that thing, yeah. that like her a, district it, is like a snake that cuts through the middle of the other district and it runs from Champaign, Urbana to the Missouri border. So they, they, uh, the district. Mary Miller is running in, is a Republican simply cannot lose. Heavily Republican. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it would be virtually impossible to lose that race for the Republicans. But that, the price of, of, uh, the Democrats did that for a reason, and the reason was so they can elect Democrats in other districts by spreading Democratic voters out amongst numerous districts and locking Republican voters into. Two districts that are overwhelmingly Republican. Mm. So no, I I was surprised Mary Miller won by such a strong margin. I have no idea uh, what impact Trump's appearance on her behalf had. Although I suspect with that constituency, it certainly didn't hurt her. And we go on from here. I don't even know if she has an, oppo- an opponent in the general election, and if she does, she does. But it's okay. It's, well, it's, then he's uh, wasting his time. I hope he didn't spend too much time campaigning, <laughs> but or he or she. And same thing with Mike Bost uh and, and it's also the same way for some Republicans running uh in some other races, for instance, I think our our one time state Senator Shane Cultra, who represented a portion of Champaign County, is running for Congress as a Republican against Robin Kelly in a heavily gerrymandered uh democratic district, and so he's also running a feudal race in my opinion.
1: All right, 10.35. Jim Dye with us here until 11. we doing an open line, so whatever's on your mind. Here's CBS News with an update here at the bottom of the hour at
8: 10.35. Hello.
7: I'm Mr. Red. There you go. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of
0: course.
4: That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source and ask the horse. Mr.
7: Ed for president. I tell you, that Mr. <laughs> you can't beat Mr. Ed. Not only was he a good-looking Palomino, but he he was a wise horse and multilingual. <laughs>
1: yes, he was. And he, didn't he go to the Dodgers stadium? I think he, he, was hang, he was hanging out with Koufax, he, I think. He,
7: And he hit the home run and yeah. slid into home plate. And Leo DeRocher <laughs> was there with his mouth just hanging wide open. That's classic stuff. It's a simpler time, wasn't it? Yes, On it TV, was. For Mr. sure. Mr. Ed was always, uh, you just can't, you can put a horse that can talk in a show. I mean, I think you yeah. got it. You're halfway home right there. I just remember as a kid going, hey, he's at
1: Dodger Stadium. What's
7: he doing he out there? A, well, he's playing baseball. He yeah. likes baseball. He's he's a good American horse. He likes baseball, <laughs> hot dogs, and apple pie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh,
1: Jim Jim Dye is with us, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. Blaine's Farm and Fleet sponsored our news. Your ag headquarters helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feet, and more, Wisconsin-based and family-owned since 1955. We were talking a little bit uh, the election coming up, you know, if Trump's going to run or not, and who who would oppose him, DeSantis, or what that's going to look like. Um, some I've even seen some conservative writers saying, "Look, we can't go back and relitigate 2020. It's over. Okay, the Biden's president. We got to go on." And uh, I don't know. There seems to be a division the Republican Party. Is to you know, I saw the governor's race in Arizona. That's all the one lady wanted to talk about was 2020, and I'm like, well. Okay, you can go through the legal process of this, but at one point do you say, we got to go on i and and' is <laughs> I don't know if Trump can just go on. It's probably not in his makeup
7: it, it's, no Trump can't go on because this is his thing um he's he's always aggrieved, but uh yeah, this really sticks in his crop because the one thing he he likes to call other people is they're losers, and uh the fact that he came out on the short end of that thing. Uh, sticks him with a label that, that he cannot abide. But no, you can either look ahead, politics is about the future, not about the past. You can either look ahead and uh, hopefully, uh, make some progress, however you view it, or you can dwell on, uh, like, I'm still mad about some of those football games the Illini lost, you know, to Michigan or whatever, because oh, we got yeah, a bad right, didn't call didn't have replay or, and we didn't have replay or whatever. That, but how long can you how long can you hang on to that? I mean, and, and the result doesn't change, <laughs> and and uh, so what? You, it, it's but it, that's where we're at right now. We have half seems like half the party once, is living in the past and thinks the uh, bad things happened back in 2020, and and then you got people that are trying to govern. Like DeSantis is actually governing Florida and apparently doing pretty well at it one thing i w- I wonder about you, you, four years ago when trump run won uh when the 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 g o p campaign started with like fifteen candidates for president, mm-hmm. and I think that is a real error because then you get guys who get ten percent of the vote and they win because you got so many other candidates dividing the vote uh i I would feel better about things if they came up with two or three people that were credible and and let them slug it out, and I, I would hope Trump is not one of them because uh, we just don't need we just don't need him on the political scene.
1: Is the Republican Party starting to move past Donald Trump? A poll published this week showed the former president remains the favorite candidate of 53 percent of Republican voters, but a conservative writer now writing this has said, "But his numbers are slipping, and other candidates are on the rise. Most noticeable is Ron DeSantis." Same poll showed almost a quarter of Republican voters putting the Florida governor as their favorite nominee and the numbers are only rising. Um, and then he goes on to talk his the headline was January sixth hearings are flawed, but Republicans can't ignore Trump's bad behavior.
7: Well, I mean, you know, that, Trump's but ba- was interesting. In my opinion, Trump's bad behavior probably goes back to
1: his childhood. But well, he's, I've told people that I was talking about this the other day. Every, he's always been like this.
7: Yeah, he, there's and nothing new what, about and that, him.
1: and that's why they loved him. They loved his show where he fired everybody on the show. And they, yeah, that's right. You know, that's and right. that, everybody loved that. You know, he was arrogant. He was, you know, he was successful in his business. He, you know,
7: now there's you know. certainly no denying that he taps a he taps a real cord with certain people who like the way he behaves, and they liked his policies too. But uh, Trump is not going to get the free ride from I wouldn't say he got a free ride in 2020 but a lot of the press really emphasized him when he was running for the Republican nomination. I think they 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 put a lot of emphasis on his campaign as a way of kind of pulling the chain of the Republican party. He's not going to get that this time. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's hmm. he's going to be going against a tidal wave of uh of uh negative press from day 1. And they're not going to. I don't think the press are going to be able to use him as a um, club to beat up other Republicans with, I, which is what I think they did last time because they considered that he was such a sure loser for the general election. And then what happened? Well, the worst possible scenario from their point of view, he won, and not only did he win, he beat the sainted Hillary. And they've been melting down ever since. And they've been melting down ever since, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <it's> <laughs> 10, 1044. So you know, be careful what you ask for, you know, <laughs> that's, if that's right. what they
1: say. Uh, 1044, back with Jim Dye after this. On a penny for your thoughts, tomorrow we'll do a music show. Jam and Jimmy Bean will be with us. we got some other uh, guests coming in that you'll recognize from uh, the heyday of music in Champaign-Urbana. We had a show on this last year, and we had two hours, and it went really fast, and we had a bunch of stories. So we'll do that uh, tomorrow on the uh, penny for your thoughts, 9 to 11. 217 Now the Republicans are having this debate internally. Democrats and we've seen some columns, I've read some, I know you have some, I think it was in the sun, in the paper, um, from liberal writers saying, yeah, you know what, maybe Biden needs to step aside. You know, he needs to be done. Not run again, he's a nice guy.
7: Well, we're starting to see the chorus coming from the, uh, the liberal columnists and a lot of the uh, uh, Democratic office. I see the great AOC has declared it's time for Joe to go. And uh, we saw a column yesterday from Gene Lyons and other people are, and David Axelrod, who was the uh, campaign chairman for, uh, Obama is saying, you know, things look really out of control. And of course, Democrats, uh, are experts at reading poll results and they know that, uh, his approval numbers are in the tank. And I'm, I'm sure they're terrified about uh, what's going to happen in November, but they're also position, some people are also positioning themselves for, uh, for a run for the Democratic nomination, you know, there's a lot of people that think they should be president. I think uh, J.B. Pritzker's one of them, and his name is popping up a lot. He's also, he's already been campaigning out in uh, New Hampshire and Massachusetts and some other mm-hmm. early primary states. So one person's problem is another person's opportunity. So the, there's already planning for the Democratic nomination for 2024, and we're not even into... We haven't even had 2022
1: yet. Just barely halfway through.
7: No, I think it's going to get worse for uh, for Biden, and because you know we're on the cusp of a recession, uh, inflation, gas prices, the borders continues to be mm. pretty much at, wide open. Wide open, like. and even though they say it's not, but clearly is. And
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things I keep. No, it's not. And I'm looking at the TV, and I'm going. Yeah, it is. There are people coming in. Yeah, sure, I mean, it looks
7: like it. They're just right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're swimming through the Rio Grande. I mean, it's like uh, you're you're. Am I believing you or believing my my eyes? What I'm seeing?
7: I, I you know, that's one thing about politicians that when they deny the obvious, you yeah. think is that really smart a smart tactic? I mean, yeah. do you really you think really people are that stupid? <laughs> they can't see that stuff. Uh, uh So <laughs> I, I think that uh, the well, we'll learn a lot in November. And then go from there.
1: The hey, Herb, how are you? Yes, you are. Go I'm, ahead. I'm fine. How are you? Good.
8: Yeah. Uh, 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 good morning, Mr. Dye. Good morning. <laughs> uh, I would talk to you the last time you were on here, and I, I told you I didn't want Trump to run again, and mm-hmm. you asked me why. <laughs> and it kind of sounds to me like uh, that you have decided, too, that uh, he might be too much a division to the party.
7: Yeah, I decided that a long time ago, but
8: well,
6: <laughs> the, the, within the I, I last can't stand I can't show,
7: stand all the drama associated with him and it's just like one thing yeah. after another. I mean, uh, can you behave <laughs> or not? No, well, I guess he can't. But
8: that was kind of my point. I I voted for him. I'm not ashamed of that because I thought at the time we needed a businessman rather than a politician and I think that that's what we got. But before the end of his term, I was wishing he would shut up, you know. Sure. And, and there, just not, oh, within the last week or so, uh, there was a person called in and said that, uh, that, uh, he would never, he voted for Trump before, but he would never vote again, it, that he either wouldn't vote or he'd vote Democrat. Well, uh, that, that kind of scares me. If, if we split the party, I'm one of the rare people, probably, who voted for Ross Perot. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> okay.
8: Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I'm part of the 17% that split off and let Mr. Clinton win. Well, that's fine and dandy, and I'm afraid that's what's going to happen with Trump.
7: They could. They absolutely you know, could.
8: Yeah, if they split the party, then we're going to end up with four more years of whoever, that's going to try to continue this agenda that, uh, to me, is driving the country into bankruptcy.
1: Maybe Gavin Newsom. How about him? Uh, (laughs) You know, one of
7: my my rules of politics is the best thing going for the Republicans is the Democrats, and the best thing going for the Democrats is the Republicans. So if if either party, both parties could shoot themselves in the foot uh, uh, for 2024, and Whichever one does is going to be- the other is going to benefit. Yeah.
1: Hey Herb, I got to move, but thank you, sir. Okay. appreciate okay. it. Okay, well, thank you. All right, yeah. ten fifty three. Another break here, and then some final thoughts. And another got a Mister Ed text here. We'll see what that's about. All right. All right, hang on. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts. <clears throat> final few minutes here with uh, Jim Dye. Uh, let's see here, a couple of questions. If Trump is the Republican nominee, will you vote for Trump in the general election? I guess that's a for 2024. If there's Trump voters or Republican voters out there,
7: well, many of them will, and many of them won't. And uh, I don't understand. <clears throat> he has an appeal to a certain amount of people, but there are other people who are totally put off by his uh, his uh, demeanor. And I think you, when the, if the Republicans want to take that risk. Uh, they think that's worthwhile, then then they'll pay the price for it. And, yeah.
1: I think the debate is, too, and this is where you're seeing DeSantis come up, is can you get what Trump's policies were, which a lot of people like, the border, you know, oil and gas, foreign policy, et cetera, and have that without all the Trump stuff? Yeah. Get the ideas without him, I
7: guess. But, you know, I, a lot of people, you know, you look at uh, – those two candidates and you say, well, you, 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 with the Sanders, you get, you get the success of the Trump policies, but you don't get Trump. But I think a lot of people don't see it that way because they're looking, they're totally smitten by the personality. So they don't view those as a, they don't see that as a choice. You know, Trump, Trump without Trump, they want Trump. (laughs) (laughs) So how many of them do? I don't know. But you know, there's always a possibility that he won't run.
1: It could be. We'll see.
7: You know, he's no spring chicken either, although he seems to seems to wear pretty well. (laughs) He must thrive on conflict. I don't see how the guy could stand personally to be around that much conflict 24 hours a day.
1: All right, got about a minute and a half here. Hi, Brian and Jim. Just for kicks, let's say the 2020 election was stolen. Do we just say, oh, well, and move on? Does that not negate our free elections? What's happened to our country from that point to now?
7: Well, you know, assuming that was the case, and I'm not saying it is, I don't think it was. I haven't seen any evidence that it was. But assuming that it was, what are you going to do about it now? I mean, it's done. It's over. It's like the, the the clock has expired on the game. And sure, you can say, well, we got the shaft or whatever, and let's make sure it doesn't happen again in 2024. I don't see the solution of assuming you think 220 was a problem. The solution is not to focus on 220. It's to focus on 224.
1: And finally, just talking about Mr. Ed and the Dodgers, I always wondered how he slid into home, so I recorded it and played it in slow motion. It was a fake horse on a skid.
7: Well, you know, <laughs> Mr. Ed, in his contract, he doesn't have to slide in his contract. That's you know, right. that, that's not good for a horse's skin is very. Uh, and I want to say one more thing about Mr. Ed. As long as we're on the subject here, Mr. Ed was wonderful. But you know, if you're a ten-year-old boy, Wilbur's wife Carol was pretty hot. <laughs> So, okay. I'm telling you, she was a really total babe. And between she and Mr. Ed, I mean, if I could have a picture of her and Mr. Ed beside each other, that's all I'd, all, that's all I'd so ask That's for. all you ask. Yeah. All right, sir. And Wilbur didn't deserve her. I deserved her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Appreciate your input. All right. It is uh, Jim Dyer. read his uh, columns and editorials and et cetera in the News Gazette or online, of course. All right, our music show is tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll talk a lot of music from Champagne Urbana tomorrow on the radio on WDWs Champagne Urbana at the tone. It's eleven o'clock.